So we do this show. It's called Rebel FM. And <laughs> you fuck it up right away. You've listened God. to it. <laughs> and this is number 75. 74. Four. 74. So. <laughs> See, now I, fucked, now I fucked it up. Before I didn't fuck it up. Before yeah. I was. Let's, uh, let's just say right off who's not here. I, I mean, Jeff's not here. No, Jeff, Jeff Green, Green is not here. That makes me a sad panda. Uh, you and me both. And you know why Jeff isn't here? Why? Because I ruined it. What did you do? There's like some kind of GFW curse. What did you do? There's like some kind of Games for Windows curse where right. anytime I tweet ahead of time or say ahead of time that one of them will be on the show, mm-hmm. it invariably turns out that they can't make it. Oh, so it's your fault. Yes. So feel free to be angry at me. Oh, it is I my am. fault that Jeff is not here. I'm very angry at you right now. Uh, you have every this right to This is my angry voice. Is this where I'm supposed to put on that deep voice that I played for you guys last week? <laughs> uh, so that was Arthur and Matt. And that's a helicopter. And uh, Tyler's here as well. What up? What up, everybody? And we're going to talk about video games. And you're Anthony. Hi, Anthony. Video games. You might hear some local color tonight. Video game. Because we have the window open because it's pretty hot in Oakland. Yes. Uh, it's hot in Oaktown. Matt's going to kick us off. With what I've been playing? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, all I've been doing is working on the new version of the Area5.tv website. So, How's that going? It's going really well. I think I'm actually going to get it up before PAX. Is Internet Explorer a pain in your balls the way it's a pain in my balls? Internet Explorer is a pain in everybody's balls. They just don't know it unless actually, you're a web developer. That's not fair. Internet Explorer 7, 8, and 9 Nine, fine. 9 isn't a problem. 7... Seven's a problem. I don't have a problem with seven. It's six that bites me in the ass. Well, six, we're, I'm not even trying to code for six. Anybody who's using Internet Explorer 6 on our site looks weird. Sorry. About 40% of our yeah. audience uses IE. Too bad. Well, I mean, I, do you know IE6, what? IE6, IE6, yeah. And that's the case. That's why, like, everybody has all these workarounds for IE6. And as a web developer, it's, like, the worst thing in the fucking world. So I'm just like... I can't do it. We don't have a, we don't have like a full time web programming team to get around all the little issues. So fuck it. Right. It's weird. Download a real browser. Right, and they're free. Exactly, and they're free. I mean, I it's just uh, so ugly. Mm. I don't know. And I'm, so I'm fine with people who want to use IE. Just please, at least use a modern IE. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, it's one thing. Like, I think the newer IEs look a lot better than six. Sure. Yeah. Six. <laughs> right. Well, also. There are differences in IE from Windows version to Windows version. True. Right, like yeah, Windows XP IE 6 is a nightmare. Yeah. And Windows mm. IE 7 in Windows XP is not friendly. Right. Um, but uh, the only thing that I've really been doing is I've played um, more Civilization 4. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because you man. just can't wait. And I can't wait. Like I got a uh, broken sword because one, one of the listeners tweeted to me and they was like, why aren't you playing broken sword? Told you it's I was good. Playing Warlords, and I was like, "Well, just because it wasn't on my." Steam oh, you mean Beyond yet. the Sword? Uh, sorry, Beyond the Sword. Yeah. Broken, Broken Sword, Sword is a totally different game. Adventure it's game. not on th- <laughs> on Steam Press Count. No, I thought no. it was. But uh, but I went ahead and bought it because I'm like I just got to play this and it's really good. Like I love that they add in the uh, the corporations into the late game and they work sort of like religion does in the earlier game, which is you know uh, a, a commentary on society. I think. And then, but you also have like a new espionage resource that you can manage. Like I, I thought that those were like really cool additions to the game. So it really does take you beyond the sword. <laughs> <laughs> does it have like future combat, like robots and shit? 
I suppose uh, it, that also would be beyond the it sword. Has, yeah, it has a few new units, but it doesn't All have like right. future right, combat not, stuff. No. Not interesting. Which it's just funny because like the box has like a fucking mech on it. That's what know? I'm saying. That's why I thought it moved beyond the yeah. sword for real. Like mech beyond the sword into fucking if the, robots. If it does have mechs, then like I haven't ran into the civilization. But I've only played one game all the way through, and uh, one thing that I have figured out in all the civilizations I've been playing recently, it's really hard to get a cultural victory. The only yep. way you can get a cultural victory is if you do what I did and uh, uh, hopefully spawn really close to two other civilizations and just take them out right away and take over their capital cities. So basically those three capital cities ended up being the three cities that I won the cultural victory, victory with. Because the cultural victory, you have to have uh, 50,000 cultural points. And you have to have three cities that have 50,000 cultural points. I mean, it's possible in a normal game, too. It it's would just really take, hard, like, two though. years of your life. It's, it's, well, no. It's, <laughs> I mean, like, you, you run out. You end up hitting all of the other victory conditions first. Right. So, I'm just saying it would take forever. You would yeah. end up having to, like, take some people out militarily. Yeah. And then rebuilding on their land mm-hmm. culturally. Which, just, is, it's arduous. What, which is what I did. Like, I, like, right in the beginning of this game, I think I was playing... Um, uh, I think I was playing as the Celts actually, and uh, I just I uh, I went I found a bunch of goodie huts that gave me some warriors, and then I just took the warriors like straight into the uh, and I think the first ones I ran into were the Americans. Did you uh, take the Gramercy rifts too? The what? Sorry, <laughs> no one else gets that joke. No, I don't get it. Tyler gets that joke. I think. Well, maybe. I picked up that was a band reference. No, it's not a band reference. Uh, Never mind. I no. s- Either I suck or you guys suck in the No, we, we probably decide. all suck, and there's people that are listening to this right now going like... No, my guess is that it's a combination of us sucking and that being like a joke that is meant for a, a generally very small set of people that really know that shit. You, you guys never saw The Warriors? Uh-uh. Oh, I've God, forever long ago. Yeah, forever yeah. ago, yeah, but not Gramercy like... Riffs were a, a gang oh, in The Warriors. Okay. Oh, well, I certainly don't remember that. Yeah. But <sighs> I remember The Warriors, and that's it. Yeah. So anyway, I took out the Americans really early on. I took out two other civilizations really early on because they were right next to me. We saw and I ended up with like three capital cities that were all gaining culture really fast. And I'm like, I'm going to try to go for the cultural victory this Can't, time. You, don't you need to build like wonders and stuff to get the cultural victory? You pretty much victory. need to focus only on wonders in three of your cities. Sure. Yeah. Get the internet, get Hollywood, yeah. and like something else. That sounds yeah. more like a cultural loss. <laughs> Funny. Well, in a way, it's a cultural victory, right? Vapid shit. Is like, you know, you could say help win the Cold War because all these other people were like, we want that vapid shit. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some fucking Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. Yep. But what uh, what that actually reminded me was that uh, Epic Games released a, an iPhone app today. Yeah, I heard about that. How yeah. does that remind you Ep- of that, sir? Because it's Epic Citadel, which just makes me think of civilization stuff. And uh, I downloaded it, but I didn't get a chance to play it today. So I'm hoping I can get on your guys' Wi-Fi here, and I'll download it while the show is going on. I wouldn't be surprised if you can't. Uh, <laughs> do you find that uh, Civilization Revolution? Do you find that, that like people always ask me if they think that that's on the an, iPhone? You mean? Yeah, just something that's worth getting if they like if they if they're interested in Civ. I feel like we've covered this before. Yeah, we did. Yeah, uh, but people but always ask me that. We get like two emails a week about it. The I answer is like above and beyond. Yes. yes, it is yeah. a resounding yes. I Every think, bit yeah. of detail that is in Civ, Civ is pretty is, much in Civ Rev. Civ Rev is, is actually my favorite version of Civilization. 
Is yeah. it really? It's More not than mine. Sephora? It's not yeah. mine because, like, for I don't know what it is. Because it's portable. Si- well, Civilization Revolution, I enjoy it. Don't get me wrong. Um, I have a really good time with it, but I feel like I've got it so figured out. Like, I can put it on the hardest difficulty. And, like, I know that I only, like, like I said before on the show, is I, I, there's just a few key technologies that I need to race to. And, like, I will win. I will wipe the floor with everybody. Game Happens that every shit. Yeah, I'm too good at Civ. Civ Red no, sucks. It's just, well, it's just Civ Red that I'm too good at because that's why, like, I think that's why I enjoy Civilization 4 more is because, like, I never know how that game is going to turn out. Right, yeah. And unless I'm, like, uh, unless I'm, like, uh, save cheating all the time, you know, like, I can, like, think that I'm doing really well and just suddenly get fucking stomped. Right. And that never happens in Civ Rev. Yeah. I understand Civ 5 is pretty awesome. It so. looks pretty awesome. They really need to release more gameplay videos of it because I've, like, seen the ones that are out there, like, 12 times. I mean, it comes out in 30 days or yeah, something I know, like that. Or, like, enough. 27 days. It comes out on the 21st. Totally not soon enough. 20 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got my Wait, copy. it's... Oh, fuck, man. That's the week But it probably... Halo. It probably is soon enough, actually, because as soon as that game comes out, life over. Right. Yeah, Anthony and I have been getting our warm-up to Civ as well. With the through, elemental? Through, through different means, yeah. yeah See, how it, is that? I, I really want to so, play so, so the name of it is like the most generic name ever. Elemental, the War of Magic. <laughs> war of Magic. Does it have magic magic? <laughs> like, <laughs> with the last human writers? No. It, what it is, what it does have, though, is... Very un- it's very unapproachable. Yeah. Like I told you, like you play the tutorial, and the oh. tutorial is supposed to. Be, I mean, the tutorial, the campaign is supposed to be like a tutorial, but even after you play the campaign, you still don't understand exactly everything. Like mm. it doesn't tell you like like it doesn't lay it out for you in very specific terms. So it, it, unlike in Civ, every civilization, you know, when you're playing Civ, any city can produce food, mm-hmm. right? You just have to give them the means to make food, mm-hmm. and this. It's catches that there are very specific geographic resources that the only way you can get them is by building a city in proximity of it and your city's influence taking it over and then you building on it. Mm-hmm. So fertile land is very rare. Mm. So those, and you and you'll get that and you might only have one colony out of all of your empire that's producing food for everyone. Wow. And uh, but you can build these buildings to, like increase food production. But it, it only matters building those in the one colony that actually makes food. If you build right. them in all the other ones, it just right. it doesn't do anything. But it wow. never t- it never really lays that out for you. Right. These are all just things like you have to read the fine print to kind of figure it all out for yourself. Wow. Like it really just needs that tutorial that walks you through the steps of founding a city right off the bat. Um, <laughs> Arthur is taking pictures of his cat on his lap. <laughs> She is being entirely too adorable. I'm sorry. But she's on your lap like every single week right, licking but, herself. Why is licking herself today a particularly joyful occasion? Because I'm going to be away for for the next five days. <laughs> it's because I'm talking and he hates me. Yeah. <laughs> I was is. actually um, going to let you know that uh, Stardock just announced that they're pushing the multiplayer back another week. Um, oh, that sucks. It's, and, 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 and just to be clear to the listeners, there, there was a little bit of a of a false start with this game when it debuted. Am a I correct? Kerfluffle, Do we want to, <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, so the, what game, was that the game fucked up because it was like retailers started s- selling it early. Uh, yeah. And, As and retailers do, and they didn't have, they wanted to push a day one update for it out because I guess it was going to have problems. And so the version that went out and people were downloading was not the version they intended upon day one release. And so, I just feel like maybe they should have put that on the desk. And so when day one release came around, then they did have a day one patch 
you know, but a lot of those people that got the game early were like, the game's totally fucked, and yeah, it was totally fucked. And in a lot of ways, the game still has problems. I mean, it still crashes on me, like, once every two hours. Yeah, yeah. it crashes on me a lot, too. That's a bar. And like that's, updating it also fucked your save game. Yeah, like at one point I updated during the first few days it was out and it made it to where it was like all my old saves were no longer usable. Because it was like, these are from a previous version of the game. You can't oh, use these. And the I know worst. I'm not the only person that that's happened to. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, I hit update and it crashed on me, so I haven't done it again since. But, uh-huh. but I mean, it, it sounds like we're shitting on the game a whole lot. It's re- That's the thing is that I... But it's I, really, I really cool. On IGN today talking about where the review is. And the, re- the review is coming, but... The whole thing is that despite all that, like, I still, like, it's one of those games, like, it crashes on me. I'm like, motherfucker. And then I just click the EXE and start it up again. <laughs> I don't just, like, rage quit. Right. Like, I want to play it. Well, you're also reviewing it. It is really good. Yeah, but I also want to play it. That's yeah, it's, I mean, you know, for all of its, for all of its shortcomings, there is a ton there to get into still. Mm. So, and, and, and yeah, it sucks that the tutorial, like, campaign doesn't really do a very good job. But uh, even playing, th- you really have to play through and kind of lose a couple of times yeah. or have like a really shitty start to a, to your civilization. And then after that, you're like, oh, now I understand the basics of the way the economy and all that works. Because for a long time, like it never spells it out for you that each time you hire, you make a like a an army unit, they get a wage every turn. So yeah. if you can sit there and go around to all your towns and be like, build a bunch of fucking soldiers... But then all of a sudden you're like, why am I negative money? And it's because all their wages are costing you, so you have to disband mm-hmm. some of them. So you, <laughs> having a standing army at any time costs you a bunch of money. But it never spells that out for you, so eventually you kind of learn, oh, that's why I'm losing money. Yeah, yeah. Just kinda, there's <laughs> but, a lot of things that it, you just kind of right. figure out. But right. the cool things they kind of try to do to allow the player to uh, keep fewer units is that the units, uh, they more are, are, are they, they remind me kind of of the way the generals are in Civ Five, in that like you're almost c- controlling individual heroes, and you make a few peons kind of guys, and then your individual heroes can buff them. Like all, like you know, you control a magic caster, mm. so you can. Uh, you could do that if you worked out battles on your own instead of auto resolving them all like yeah, I do. Right, right. Okay, so so here and then and then here's another thing that's like kind of weird the about the battles are really yeah. slow and tedious, so for me mm-hmm. I just like to auto resolve them. Yeah, when when you go into a battle, you can either do like Anthony's saying an auto resolve and it basically does the civ thing where it's like a die roll and it says mm-hmm. who wins. Right. But I mean it kind of tells you beforehand like your army's it gives worth you odds. your army's worth this, the other army's worth this. Yeah. Right. Um but but if you want to actually go into the battle, um it, it you get a separate battle screen, a lot mm-hmm. like uh, Final Fantasy, and it turns into like almost like a turn based. Yeah, you're right. It's like it's kind of like strategy the, RPG ish. It's kind of like the what was that Final Fantasy called that was a turn based Final Fantasy Tactics. tactics. Yeah, it turns yeah. into basically tactics. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of that game, and so e- even on that level, it's a lot of fun. But um, and, and 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 you know, Anthony, like what I've been doing to try and supplement the information that the game doesn't give me is uh, I've been going and looking on YouTube, and there's actually some really good explanation videos on there, like dudes who got into the beta and just figured everything out. So I mean, it, it, it's not the best of suggestion, but players can go through that way and uh, and try to figure out the right. Game I mean, a little bit more. Uh, the best thing you can do is read forums and stuff. It just sucks when a game. You have to go out and find third-party sources to yeah kind of get the that's, idea of what the fuck's why going I don't on. Like most just Japanese like RPGs. just like this game, so many other things about it. Like, did you understand what researching magic was all about at first? Like, it would pop up and be like, learn a new spell or continue to grow your knowledge. And you're like, what the fuck? You had, what? 
No clue. Yeah, exactly. See, there are all these things in that game that... Or continue to grow your knowledge. Yeah, basically. Is it learning a new spell, growing your knowledge? Well, right. So you Sounds could like e- someone is building a car. The outside. thing was, you could either learn a new spell, like you could set up a queue of spells you want to learn, or you could say increase knowledge and basically unlock new spells that you could eventually learn. Oh, okay. Which, or, yeah, or it might give you some kind of like overall buff in your magic. But... and. and uh, uh, man, I was watching some YouTube video last night of a user who who really had a lot of the game broken down, like way more than we figured. He's out. probably been playing since the beta. And there were even there there was even still shit like you know how you you walk around you find those crystal shards around. You'd be like, are these crystal shards? I don't know what to do with them. Exactly. Like, what? <laughs> yeah. See, the, again, there are these little geographical things. Like, I find these crystal shards, and it's like, do you want to harvest this? I'm like, I, I guess. Well, well you need such and such to build a certain building over it. And it's like, well, I don't have that to build that building. Yeah, and, yeah, and, the, yeah. and the tech for it is really weird, too, because... So, you know, like in Civ, right, you pick a technology you're going to research, and right. you have X amount of turns. Yeah. And this, there are, like, five trees of tech that you can go down. And so you pick one, and you're like, I want to spend the next seven turns. And then... But you, you aren't like, I'm going to learn money. You just don't say, like, I want to learn money. You say, I want to learn something for my culture. And amongst that, it'll show you when you pick that, when you have your choice to pick which of the five you're going to pick for this Mm -hmm. time, that uh, among culture, you might, it'll tell you, like, when it's all done, you might learn how to do writing. Or you might, very small chance, (laughs) learn how to have a government or something like that. Wow. So you never know which one you're going to get. And then when it all comes, all of a sudden, it's like, bink, these are the options you got. Wow. Weird. Yeah, that is weird. And I... I think I fucked up when I start my game because, like, you 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 immediately get one party member that does the research sh- shit, right? Uh, or something, and he got killed, so I could never do any research. <laughs> or something like. In a lot of games, I haven't figured out how to do research either. So the way that it works from from my experience, Tyler, it's funny that we're sitting here trying to debate this. Yeah, is that you can't do research <laughs> unless you are harvesting. It's funny, funny that you guys are trying to figure out how the game plays, and it's you been out for like two. Weeks. You can't yeah. do research in that game unless you find a geographical resource of an old library to harvest. Really? That allows you to do research. Oh, I just wow, haven't you found an just, old library. You, yeah, so research can't just happen spontaneously. No, because the whole premise is that you're rediscovering lost technology uh, rather than... You must go on a journey of self-discovery. So, that's what I'm saying. So these <laughs> see, these physical resources become really precious. Right, right. Because, you know, you basically are beholden to, like like I said, so, you know, you can't build huge armies because if you only right. ever found that one fucking farm, you're like, well... So I take it this game doesn't have the equivalent of like a cultural victory. It's all about it does. conquest. It does. No, you it, conquest is the easiest way, and it's the way ninety percent of my games end. Mm-hmm. But uh, because the AI is really fucking aggressive in that game, hmm. like if you ever are like, well, I'll make war on you. You know, like in Civ, you could say that, and then you wouldn't see them. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, no, we're at war. Don't you come to my land? Right. And this, it's like we're in war, and we're about to walk over you with like four times what you thought armies could be. <laughs> like, I'm, always like, I'm always like, I got a big old force, and then they just roll up and be like, actually, you don't. <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, I, you can actually. That's one thing I do like about it, though, is that you can actually set the rules when you make a game because it's mm-hmm. like Civ. You know, yeah. there's a campaign, but it's really short. So really, it's it's more about making your own games. Right. You can set the victory conditions to be like the only way to win is a diplomatic victory. So, right. I would often yeah. take off conquest victories for that reason, because I was sure. like, I'm tired of them just walking over me. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing that that I think is really cool, just because I'm a, a an, an aesthetic whore. It, oh, the look of it is great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the the look of it is great, is great, but it also lets you completely customize the look of your 
guys. Like yes, the guys so you make. that's one thing I do like is that, you know, like in Civ, you're like, construct a rifleman. Mm-hmm. You have no say over that. Mm-hmm. And this, you're like, construct a rifleman, but also, you know what? I don't like th- that he's wearing, like, padded armor. So you go in, you're like, design unit, and you're like, now I want them to wear a plate. And it'll tell you the cost that you're yeah. telling yeah. up from, yeah. but you can basically make these totally customized, including their hair yeah, and yeah. shit like that. And, yeah, cool. and, and what's cool is you basically start with a blank template. And then based on what sort of weapons and items you outfit them with, that tells you like what kind of class you got. Like this guy's a black knight or this or guy's can, a wanderer. You can also name them your own thing. If you want. Yeah, you, you can, can name them all like Tyler's. Face. <laughs> yeah. Tyler's and you can even face. type in like like battle quotes for them. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like and it even like you even have like little magic cards that have their stats and you can pick their pose on the stat in the background. You know, just like oh, that's cool. Dumb it's got shit a little like dumb stuff that yeah it's totally and you know the look of the game's great too the way yeah, that yeah like i really like the fact that you can zoom all the way in and when you zoom all the way in you can actually see little people in your town doing things oh nice but you can also zoom all the way out and play the game in a cloth map mode the mm-hmm. whole time mm-hmm. cool. and actually for older computers you can play the entire game oh, in nice. a cloth oh, map yeah. mode too nice and a lot of times it's good too because the maps are really really big mm-hmm. so so uh i would play in the cloth map a lot when i was doing um a lot of actions around the whole map. Yeah, otherwise it's really easy to lose track. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a cool game. It just, at this point, it's kind of fucking broken. Like, that's the problem. It's broken a lot. And they're supposed to release a tutorial for it on September 15th, which to me, like, just is like an admission, like, hey, we fucked up. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, but, like, yeah, maybe once it has a tutorial and they turn on multiplayer, like, maybe that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Though I don't know, I don't know how much you know. Your enjoyment of a game like that, as far as multiplayer goes, really this is does Arthur c- versus cats. Really does come down <laughs> to the fact of how patient you are. Like, I just, do you want to sit there and wait on other people's turns and shit like yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. There's a storm brewing. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, on, on our way down here, I mean, we kind of discussed it, and I was like, it's it's a a Civ fantasy. Someone who's way into fantasy made the Civ game they wanted. Yeah, that's I what just, it is. I have a hard time investing in this game because Brad Wardell, I mean, he practices what he preaches. Like, he talks a lot of shit. Pardon me. He talks a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. Like, especially about other PC developers, about... Does he talk kind of shit? About he, DRM, like about what? a lot of other things. And every time they've released a game, like, for the last four games, it's come out broken. Does he like talk Galactus, a lot of shit about other game yes. developers, though? He, particularly about Or that DRM. Gamer's Bill of Rights, I know they have, but I've yeah, never seen I've never seen him, like, talk... DRM. Uh, in I particular about DRM. But I don't I don't think I've ever seen him like, you know, like call out another developer. He's, he's extremely opinionated and I can appreciate that. I'm sure <laughs> that that's I've not surprising the, at all. We've met the guy personally. He was very nice. Right. I'm not saying he's not a nice person. I'm saying that he has a lot of very strong opinions about other PC developers, but every game that Stardock has released has been broken. Well, every game that they've re- their last two games. No, Galsiv came out broken. Sins of a Solar Empire was pretty much fine. But uh but yeah, the last two demigod in particular got them a lot of shit, and I this mean, one too. Over yeah. and over again, they say, "Well, it released early." Like retailers fucked us, but I mean, why are you burning a game that's broken to a disc? Yeah. Well, and well, he, uh, that's the whole thing is that I, uh, I don't think they actually in this case for Elemental, I don't think that they did. Well, the collector's edition has no disc. Has no disc, but it sound. I mean, if they're if they have to rush digital distribution dates for retailers breaking street, then that means there's a disc in those boxes, right? No, no, no. I'm saying even those people, I think, were just going to impulse and downloading it. 
I, I don't. No, th- as far there, as I there actually was stuff on the disc because, like, I um, thought I heard Tom Chick say that he got a disc. Yeah. Oh, okay. There, I, guess, there was, I guess there was an actual disc copy of the game because when Brad wrote, that's, uh, that's just crazy. he wrote in a he wrote an apology because like he he kind of went off on a forum. Right. On a I forum saw post. that. Yeah. And then he wrote his apology saying that like. Yes, the code on the disc was bad. Oh. You know, the, and the, that it was broken, and That's we know, up. and we knew it was broken. But if it had, if the it, if it had come out when it was supposed to come out, the day one patch would have fixed a lot of stuff for people right when they installed the game. What about people with slow yeah. internet connections, or people that never connect to the internet? Right. Yeah. Or like now, like I said, when I hit update, it completely crashed on me. It's yeah. still kind of borked. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not like offering excuses. I'm just saying yeah. that it's like there was a disc. Yeah, I don't understand version. why they pushed it out when they did either, because they're yeah. their own publisher. So who was pressuring right. them? I, Probably I just, just them. September 21st. I mean, people act like yeah, Ubisoft really. or yeah. EA. Yeah. People act Never like minds. Ubisoft or EA are the enemy, like because they use really aggressive DRM, but their stuff pretty much worked when they put it out. It does now. Ubisoft used to have some bad ones. That's yeah, I mean, in the Ubisoft past, yeah. has some bad ones. But, I mean, past. at least Assassin's Creed 2 largely worked. Except when the DRM server got hacked, and then it didn't. Right. The yep. thing is, is that, uh, yeah, this one's really annoying and stuff, but, like, Stardock's track record hasn't been great with initial releases, but what they have had a really good track record is of, is supporting them. Definitely. So it's 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 almost like a... If you really want to start out game, it almost feels like don't buy it right off the bat. Give it like a month <laughs> and then buy it. And a lot of times, it, it feels like if you if you are into start out games and you do stick with them, you're pretty richly rewarded because they're mean, always releasing free content for their stuff. Yes, Sins of a Solar Empire got several free content updates that were huge. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. weren't just like what a lot of people consider. These were like expansions that they gave for free. Yeah. yeah. So and like, wasn't I, there a big gals of expansion that wasn't? I think there might have been for Galsiv, but most of the time they do... And Sins, too. Sins, Sins got free, pay ones. free ones, and it had a couple of pay ones, too, but yeah. also it's from free ones. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying that's a problem. No, obviously, I they mean... They definitely charge for yeah, expansions. Definitely. It makes sense. But, yeah. uh, I don't know, they do... Re- and, and, you know, the fact, the fact that the CEO of the company, if you, like, buy startup games, you can actually find him actively talking back to you on forums <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're a pretty unique developer in that way. Yeah. I yeah I'm I'm a Stardock fan you know and I think that their games are worth uh, toughing it out you know so do I it's just yeah it's just you know an initial sort yeah. of window I'm trying to think you know there are other companies that it's like this for too that in the long yeah. run you're like, I mean don't get me run, wrong okay. like I would really like it if they got their shit together and their games just worked when they came out but you know the the overall game experience is usually worth it that's why I've been looking forward to Elemental I haven't bought it yet. Um, I've been really wanting to. I just haven't had the money right now. But then, like, it was everybody, like, I saw the reports online and then, you know, talking to you guys and everything. I'm like, okay, well, maybe it's a good thing. I can't afford it right now. Yeah. I think maybe we should just handle that for you, Matt. That's okay. I think it's worth playing. I mean, to anybody that's, like, had an interest in it, just buyer beware. Like, yeah. you're going to have <laughs> problems with it and shit. And it's yeah. going to be really hard to learn. <laughs> but all that aside, if you, like, have really been looking forward to it, then I don't think that there's any reason that yeah. you shouldn't get it like i have every bit of confidence that it will be fine it's just not fine right now let me right. ask you something <clears throat> do you think you're gonna go back to elemental once Civ five comes out maybe i don't know Civ elemental is a lot different like yeah i mean like the I th- elemental a huge like part of its heroes don't they scratch yeah. a similar itch though as far as the kind of game that you want to play they do. They they scratch a very similar itch. It's like Poison Ivy versus Poison Oak. It's like a first person mm-hmm. shooter releasing in the same window as Reach or Black Ops. 
Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's just I elemental mean, requires a different type of strategy to play because it's so much more like geographically based. I well, feel and it has like, like RPG elements and stuff too. That's right? the whole RPG element, the yeah. character creation and stuff. And I'm, I'm curious to see what sort of mods people do for it still. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, that's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Probably not in the scheme of things. I don't have enough time. Yeah. But anything uh, else for you guys? Yesterday, I was like calling out talking about some random shit on bad company while we were playing mm-hmm. and they went and my friends weren't saying anything i was like yo yo can you guys hear me and they're like yeah i was like oh you just don't care <laughs> <laughs> yeah. all right so other you've games been, yeah you've been playing a lot of saints row 2 lately yeah why is that i don't know go back to play it sometimes play with my girlfriend sometimes but also it's just like occasionally i get the desire to play an open world game and turn a radio station on that makes it sound like the room of a 15 It's true, they girl. use licensed music in Saints Row, and so a lot of it's like, you know, shit oh, you hear. I was just radio. in the a kitchen the other day, bad. I'm like, is that fucking Paramore coming from Anthony's <laughs> and room? it was. <laughs> yeah, dude. They have some good rap hits. Yeah, it's true, but that game is just so good. Like, I mm-hmm. honestly, I would rather play that game than a uh, GTA game myself, just because, like, when I play GTA games and stuff, I just never really get that into the story of them. Yeah, and they they do like a mix of like take us seriously, and then they do a bunch of dumb shit. You know, it right. has a pretty good story that's like generally takes itself serious. Mafia Two. Yes, that's what I've heard. I was gonna say you should play that. Yeah, I was watching Ryan. I haven't had time to play anything since I've been working on our website, but I watched Ryan play like off and on. I've been watching him play it, and like every time I see it, like I'm pretty impressed with the storytelling. What mm-hmm. is he playing it on? Uh, PS3, I believe. That is a damn shame. Why is that? Because PS3 is definitely the worst version of that game. And I'm not saying that to troll PS3. I'm saying that because it's a fucking Czech PC developer that decided to put their game on consoles, too. Mm. Mm. That is a PC game. Like, to its fucking core. Yeah, but I haven't heard anything about the PS3 version being gimped. Uh, It doesn't have any grass. It has severely limited cloth physics and no blood pooling and a bunch of other stuff. And the frame rate's pretty awful. Hmm. I wonder if it's one of those things, though, where it's like if you never see the two versions side by side, what you really know. doesn't notice. seem to matter. Right. Yeah. Man, to me, the weirdest uh, thing about Mafia 2, like, I, I just wrote my review on it today, so it's, like, all fresh in my head. But it's, like, it's a completely linear open world game. Right. I've heard yeah. that complaint. I think that's cool. I have no problem with that. I love open world games, and I kind of don't like linear games, so it, like... It, it puts me in this like I hate really open world games nice and love middle ground. Linear games. You know, it's it's a uh, it's really cool. Like you're always in a mission and you're always only on one mission. And mm-hmm. at the end of that mission, that's the end of a chapter. And the next chapter, it's right back. You start the beginning of the next chapter is the beginning of your next mission. That's an interesting way to handle it. Yep. I it thought, really is. And that's the way they handle daytime, nighttime. Yep. Like you can't just stand there and the day and night cycle goes around. It it's really cool. Like I mean, we we're, we're all familiar with all the other things that come along with open world games and mm-hmm. uh and and and, th- and and this game definitely has no new language in that sense so like nothing new that they really introduced but the it, it, it it's just the way they structure the story and everything's real interesting and like it takes place over two decades and like they do some really really i, I don't know if it's spoiler territory but you go places for certain amounts of years and it's like wow you mean yeah <laughs> you go to for a couple of years, like, I might actually have rad, to. Dude. I might have to bleep that out. Yeah. yeah. Well, that you said it. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's me making my life harder. Yeah. But um, uh, and and also the the oh man, that just dude. means we don't talk about that again. Right. Yeah. You got it. Um, 
the the dialogue, the a lot of the acting, it's really good, dude. Really, and the shootouts are a lot of fun too. It's the shooting. It's not great. I know. Well, no, I you know what? I played the PC version a little bit, and first of all, that game looks really good on PC. It looks Mm. good. Second of all, um, the 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 voice acting is very boilerplate. Okay, like very so the, stereotypical mafia, like we're trying to sound like a bunch of different movies. And I've also heard that the story just rips off the Godfather movies. Like it's more the Goodfellas. I get more of the Goodfellas than the Godfather. I don't know the the young son gone to war comes back into the family. Yeah, kind that of that sure. But from from there on, to me, it's Goodfellas all the way. Because he's not the son of anyone popular in the mafia. He's just a new guy they adopt into the family. You aren't related to anyone in the mafia. But Mafia anyway, too, man, yeah. surprised the hell out of me. Yeah. I mean, it, it like the biggest drawback of the whole game, you're driving a whole lot. <laughs> uh, the driving of the big heavy cars was kind of clunky too when I did it. It, it is like that. I, I mean, granted, they're big heavy cars. Yeah. I know, but it has yeah. vicious checkpoints. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the and checkpoints that's been, are the worst thing about that game. That's been sort of something that I think a lot of preview coverage missed, and wrongfully mm-hmm. so, because that game has had shitty checkpoints every time well, I've seen it. I was going to mm-hmm. say, well, I think a lot of it's it's easy to miss that, though, because when they show it at preview events, they often put it on an easy skill, and they mm-hmm. often don't put it in anything where you would have to deal with a lot of checkpoints. When I saw that shit at E3, I saw people dying over and over and over again. Hmm. Yeah, you can die a lot. It's, it is definitely like GT4 in that, like where shootouts, you don't take a lot of damage but unlike gt4 you have health that bounces back the cover mechanic is kind of weird too the cover mechanic is you know i so what i what i think i like about the pacing of games like uh, the shooting games like this and like red dead like i really like that pacing i feel it's um i don't want to say it's like simulation or anything but it just feels like i'd I don't want to always feel like I'm a ninja with guns. Mm-hmm. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, I want to feel like, oh, shit, I got to post up. I got to wait for them to empty their clip and then turn around. You know? It's it's that sort of pacing as as opposed to, like, running in, headshot, headshot, knock out that guy's leg. Mm-hmm. You know, grenade in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. You have to... There are times you have to sit, just sit there right. and let someone empty their clip. Yeah. But... Cool. What else? You, is that it? Yeah. How else you bling boogie? Bling boogie. Um. So we both have played some Dead Rising Two K Zero. Yeah. That's the DLC. Yeah. Well, it's, it's not DLC. It's, it's like a standalone thing. It's like a live arcade game, basically. It's like uh, a. Okay, I get you. It's like an hour and a half. You have to pay for it. It's five dollars. Yeah. It's like an hour and a half of mm. Dead Rising, really. And like, very, very focused. Like, go so, here, go here, go here. So let's let's be honest for a second. Like the interesting and fun part of Dead Rising is a budget game idea. Yeah. Which is to fuck zombies up in as many ways as you can. Yeah. That is not a sixty dollar game idea. That is a fucking thirty or forty dollar game if I'm feeling generous idea, and Dead Rising just came out at a really good time when nothing else was out on three sixty. Um so the conceit of Dead Rising works really well for a five dollar arcade game, in my opinion. Well, like and like we said, where there's like a very clear get here, get here. It's not like the other one where it was like, where, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Like, the f- oh, and now I'm out of fuck. time. Fuck. And this one actually, <laughs> even, even though you do have to go to bathrooms to save, still yeah. in this, it has checkpoints. Yeah, yeah. Nice. that makes the world a difference. Well, I mean, yeah. you said like an hour and a half of that game. I mean, 
I Maybe that's think about that all I need. You can spend more than an hour and a half playing though because you, you could. Can I'm find just saying. I'm just saying. If you were like, I'm going to objectives, right? You um, can kill it pretty mm-hmm. fast. But uh, any any progress you make, like if you level yourself up and gain gain weapons and magazines and all that shit, it carries over to oh. a point into Dead Rising Two. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Assuming you want Dead Rising Two, and actually, if you're interested, if you liked Dead Rising and you have a 360, I I don't see any reason not to buy K Zero. Mm. Is it not on PS3? It's not. It's a 360 exclusive. Dang. Um, yeah, I think it's fun. And the whole like making your own crazy weapons, which you know they've shown like a bajillion times. Sure. It is fun. Yeah. I mean, it, although in the scheme of things, I don't get too invested or even want to spend that much time making weapons like that because they break. Now, if I was really like aggressively trying to level up, I would probably do that because you get additional experience for right. using mm-hmm. weapons like that. But. Mm-hmm. But guns are useful now. Right, yeah. Like, even when we played a Captivate, I seem to recall the guns kind of sucking. No, um, they weren't too bad. Not like, they were aimed. effective, but they weren't very fun to shoot. Yeah. And they've replaced all that with a third-person shooter control scheme oh, wow, when you have cool. guns. Yeah. Um, it was... It was I, I, yeah, the main thing to use guns when we were at Captivate was to, like, get a machine gun and make a freedom bear. Right. Make a what? Freedom bear. It's like where you take a uh, 50 caliber machine gun and com- combine it with a giant stuffed novelty bear uh-huh. and basically you turn him into a turret. And, and it was a freedom bear. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. You <laughs> put down freedom bear and, and he sweeps back and forth and it just goes beep beep and then you like start shooting everything in front of him. But another thing about the, the nature of this being a short downloadable game is that the story actually doesn't seem dumb. It doesn't seem trite or contrived. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, the characters are much more sort of human than they were before. Like although Chuck. it's although it's funny because they have like things, the moments where you're like, oh, these are like real characters, and then just like the way that he interacts with the world seems so cheesy. Right, a there's way. a lot of like goofiness and black comedy in the gameplay, exactly. but the story like it makes sense, and you're not mm-hmm. like everything you're doing is actually contributing to the story unless you decide to go off and fuck, right. fuck around. You're not an asshole photographer who's just like right. in town <laughs> searching for a case, right? Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's it's actually it's fairly interesting, and I'm kind of looking forward to playing some more. Hopefully tonight. Over of that, yeah, cool. I still don't feel like I want to buy Dead Rising two. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Right, we'll see what happens with that. But uh, it's tough to say. But for five dollars, like the, you can kill. How many zombies is five dollars worth to you? <laughs> <laughs> like I've killed three hundred already. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> like what do you want? It's less than a movie. <laughs> and I'm certainly enjoying Dead Rising Case Zero. Well, maybe not more. I like, but I like Dead Rising Case Zero more than I like the original Dead Rising. Really? Yeah, I did not have fun with the original Dead Rising. The original though. Dead Rising, I made myself have fun. I've talked about this before on the show, too, by just getting enough magazines so that the mini chainsaws were basically, they never broke. Basically, Arthur's right. Like The only thing I wanted out of Dead Rising is I just wanted the ability to pay like 5 or $10 for it on Xbox Live and just have the ability to go into a zombie-filled toy filled mall with a friend and just fuck them up together well, and, i would get i'd get bored with that though yeah so would i and then i turn it off because i only paid five dollars <laughs> and then when we're bored again we could do that sometime because i just didn't have fun with yeah but without there being any objectives or anything attached to anything like i i would i would just be like yeah okay so. okay well random world each time you loaded in there was like save all the survivors yeah. And they'd be in different fuck situations. That. In the first Rising, the survivors can go fuck themselves. <laughs> it is there are so many really frustrating things in Dead Rising looking back. Like mm-hmm. in fact I can't think of anything in the first Dead Rising that wasn't frustrating. <laughs> like the controls sucked, they weren't responsive, like yeah. every weapon broke super quick. 
survivors yeah. seem to actively put themselves in danger. Mm-hmm. It does bother me fun. that I can't sprint in Dead Rising. I understand that then you'd be able to outrun the zombies too easy, but I was trying to do that the whole time I was playing. I guess yeah, yeah you can. <laughs> um, the most dangerous weapon I've gotten so far was a push cart. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, you just run right over them. Mm-hmm. Anyone else? Arthur's been playing shit. I have other stuff to talk about. Yeah. We also saw. Have every has there all of us seen Scott Pilgrim the movie now? I have no. Tyler has no. not. Tyler, you need to go see that, even if we need to 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 uh, make that happen. That's cool, man. That's uh, interesting. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time because I read the, I read all the comics right before I saw the movie. Mm. Right. Um, from Cesar. Anthony and myself have not read the comics, and I think we were both pretty ambivalent about the movie. Actually, mm-hmm. it had great parts. Yeah. Good, good fight choreography. I actually thought the fight choreography in Scott Pilgrim was better than the fight choreography in The Expendables. <laughs> That's saying something. Well, yeah. The Expendables didn't do too much hand-to-hand stuff, though. <laughs> it was just people gibbing all, all over the place. Yeah. Um, I, I really enjoyed Scott Pilgrim in the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. I just didn't like any of the characters. Or only like a couple of the characters. Yeah. So what games that you've been playing, though? Uh, I reviewed Minerva's Den, which is Bioshock 2's single-player DLC. Uh, I also reviewed Anthony's cat being a whore. (laughs) Um, Crumpling paper in the corner and making as much noise as possible. (laughs) Uh, uh, Have have you played the Scott Pilgrim game? I haven't. I've heard it's good. It Uh, is good. Everyone at work really likes it. Um, I understand that it's a better deal than Shank. Oh, really? Uh, I haven't played Shank yet. Um... There was a, this is funny. Uh, Anthony was downloading downloaded K Zero and had Shank set to download, and apparently when Shank finished downloading, it kicked him out of K Zero. Aww, which yeah. I've never heard happen before. Yeah, me either. Um, eh, random bug. Yeah. And then he said, "Fuck games, Netflix." That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Um, so Minerva's Den. Yeah. Um, so I've I've made it known I think that I'm sort I was pretty ambivalent about Bioshock Two mm-hmm. that I didn't really like I thought it was sort of uninspired and not yeah. particularly well characterized. I think um, your words were why the fuck did they make this game? It's the worst piece of shit I have ever played in my life. That was I, what you said, right? I am pretty sure I asked why did they make this game. Yeah, um, <laughs> he did ask that, but I think like the rest of it may have been it, some revisionist. Its existence on my part. sort of sort of makes the original game less special by virtue of it happening. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But Minerva's Den is actually really good. Mm. Uh, it's a much better, more interesting story than anything that's happening in uh, mm. in the game proper. Um, and it's a full story. And it actually it has twists and a character arc for several people. And cool. it has a new weapon and new a new plasmid. And it rearranges the order you get plasmids in. Mm-hmm. which really changes the way that you have to play the game. Like, taking on a big daddy when you've got only telekinesis and yeah, some mini right. turrets and security bots is a interesting fucking proposition. <laughs> That's cool, though. Um, and gathering Adam without electricity, without the electric plasmid, mm-hmm. is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, uh, the story in particular, I think, is interesting, and it deals with things that none of the other Bioshock games did, like race. Like the idea of race in a, a plasmid society, huh. like the uh, the the main character you hear from throughout the game, uh, Porter is black mm-hmm. and designed the AI that runs Rapture. Oh wow! And a colleague apparently at one point asked him why he didn't splice white. 
which I thought was really interesting. That was something yeah, that never huh. really occurred to me about Rapture, like that someone no, would do. Yeah. And the response was very well thought out. Like he was really indignant about it. Like he mm-hmm. says, he concludes that audio log by saying, I wish we could splice common sense or something like that. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But just the implication that racial issues were talked about in Rapture at mm-hmm. some point by virtue of like being able to splice yourself into whatever you wanted to be mm-hmm. was interesting to me. And the idea of, of humanity and like going too far and mm-hmm. loss and accepting loss and grief are all things that the DLC deals with in a pretty nice. mature way. Um, in the way that Bioshock has really always dealt with narrative, which is by audio logs. Yeah, but there yeah. are a lot of audio logs in right. Minerva's Den. Um, I would splice Anthony into a hot Latina. <laughs> I'd let you. <laughs> That's a big clip. Um, <laughs> and it's, if you, I felt like I had to gather as much Adam as possible because that mm-hmm. shit is like an arms race. Mm-hmm. Like where everyone is just powerful and you need to get as powerful as you can to survive. Right. Um, and so with that in mind, it took me about four and a half, six hours to play through. Wow. Um, like it's two full sections and then a shorter like boss encounter kind of section. Mm-hmm. So that's in Bioshock terms. That's a lot. That's yeah. pretty long. Yeah. And it's only 10 bucks. Mm, so, bad. Yeah. I mean, if you've got Bioshock 2, even if you didn't finish Bioshock 2, there's no need for you to know anything about what's going on in Bioshock 2. Uh, cool. Because it's an entirely self contained story. And I should have just sold it like K0 by itself. In a way, yeah. I mean, it's mm. as it is, using assets on the disc, it's huge. It's like a gig. Mm. Um, a gig of new VO and a new weapon and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised by uh, by Minerva's Den, and then nice. today I reviewed a PSP mini called Coconut Dodge, <laughs> which is where you're a crab who dodges coconuts. Woo-hoo. The <laughs> sounds like sounds like I uh, need to play that instead of Civ Five. It's it's actually it just reminds me of like Nintendo games back before Nintendo games got complicated, right? Like shit like Bubble Bobble. Is right. a, that's a really simple concept Same for a thing, game. Over and over. This game would make a great flash game. Right, it would. Right. It probably ten was minutes a at flash work. game. But yeah. it's $4, which seems a little much for what it is. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah on iPhone it, it would be like, like $0.99. Cents, yeah, it sounds like know? a $0.99 cent iPhone right. game. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, what else? I, I've been playing a metric fuck ton of Hawks 2, but I can't talk about it until next week. Um, and we are all the worse for it. You can use the Ace Combat 6 flight stick and throttle which i've been using that's cool yeah that's, i like holding a throttle that's not a um, <laughs> uh that's not expressing an opinion right just saying that you yeah. can yeah right no. totally. yeah. yeah it is a fact yes you you made a fact right there i made a fact yep I made it. I made it. Were we just talking about Top Gun last week? I mean, I know when Arthur's been playing. Arthur's been playing a lot of flight games. Yeah, like I also played some Ace Combat uh, Joint Assault today, uh, which I can't talk about either because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a huge tease. I know you all really want to know about Ace Combat <laughs> and Hawks. When did Dude, you become the And here I am guy. telling you, you can't know well, about. Well, Arthur's it. not reviewing Ace Combat. But no, he is I was just helping Hawks. with that. I am reviewing Hawks, and that'll go up the day of release next week, gotcha. which is. the the day after I get back from PAX. Um, Word. I feel like there was more, but I can't remember what. There wasn't. Just give up. 
Kill yourself. <laughs> I might need to. I can't remember. I can't remember seeing you play other things. All I've seen My weekend was occupied pretty firmly by... I, like, I I played about 23 hours of Hawks 2. Wow. That's a lot of flying. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's it. Let's say that's it. Word. Um, we're going to take a break really quick and then dive dick first in the letters. That's the plan. <laughs> Alright. I always dive dick first. We'll be back and we'll start fucking. <laughs> Actually, we might do that during the break. <laughs> Arthur is participating in Extra Life Charity, but will any of the other Rebel FM crew be doing it? No. Also, will you guys ever have another episode like the one that was about Children's Miracle Network? I really enjoyed that episode, even though it made me sad. We uh, would know. maybe. I would suppose it would depend on it would, Doc. And it would depend on the situation. Um, but no, Arthur's the only one doing it, so go donate money to him. If we were all doing it, we'd have to spread it out, and this way it's all Arthur. We would really like it if we just kicked the shit out of everyone else on that Extra Life. That would be kind life. of amazing. Um, so even if you don't like me, like kids. <laughs> try. Yeah. If you don't like kids, like me. Just consider it the Rebel FM one if you have to. Right. But don't tell anybody that. Shh. It's our secret. Okay. After we do letters, we should talk about packs really quick. Yeah, we will. Okay. If we remember. And we might not. Okay. Uh, so, I'm a senior in high school this year. <laughs> Who is this? And you know what that means. Senior pranks. Who is this? JN, I guess. Josh. I was wondering if you got anyone good that won't send... Any good ones that won't send me to jail. And what do you think of the one I'm planning now? Which is... I was going to make 200 copies of Advice Anthony... The step on my dick when I come picture and put them on car windows in my school's parking lot. I know it's pretty tame, but at least I won't have to get in a lot of shit for it. That is not that tame, first of all. Yeah. Come is generally considered and a... And step on my dick. And, yeah. and I also don't condone this because I don't want my face <laughs> on people's cars. Here's, here's the crazy thing about today. Everyone's so up, like, so tense... Anything could be like a terrorist plot. Right. Remember the yeah. Aquatine Hunger Force. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Or the person who do who people who do like Mario Paint street art, and they mm-hmm. thought the big question mark boxes or were that bombs. Well-intentioned Joker that took hostages at Discovery's headquarters today. Oh, <laughs> wait, what? You didn't Not, hear about yeah. that? No. 
Uh, Discovery Channel's headquarters had a uh, crazy person storm the building and take hostages. Yeah. Demanding that they change their programming to talk about how humans should be sterilized so they can't let their parasitic infection continue to destroy the earth. Yeah, it was and weird. Rob Jesus it from animals. He was upset about their programming. Wow. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was crazy. Yeah, just a little. I he think he might be dead. Yeah, did, they did kill him. Didn't wow. They? Yep. So this is about a, a senior prank, right? That yeah. was about killing I, the Discovery Channel. <laughs> well, not that. Right. My, that my should be opinion your senior prank. That, kill the Discovery Channel. <laughs> I mean, pranks, dude. I mean, depending on the situation. I mean, I just know, like. Uh, you know, just my my my, my years as working as substitute teacher, like school boards, they love to just completely flip their fucking lids. They like on to make shit. examples of that shit. Yes. Yeah. The funny thing was that my my high school graduation class uh, was like the best behaved class they'd had in like ten years or something like that. And they announced that at the graduation assembly, there was like two people. They were kind of like, "Yay!" Nothing <laughs> nothing sends as clear a message as a senior who doesn't get to walk. In graduation. That's why the best pranks happen at graduation. Right. One of my teachers. It's too late then, yep. fuckers. One of my teachers told me about uh, there was the, the students one time they hooked the, the podium was on wheels and they hooked the podium up to a tractor. And as the principal was up there or the or school board member or somebody was up there giving their speech, they began slowly backing it away from nice. the audience. Because it was because like our is, stage was outside. This is not something you should do. No, that sounds like a <laughs> setup from a Final Destination movie. <laughs> in general, I don't know that you need to pull pranks, man. When we were in, when we were in high school, we, we were content to set each other on fire. We would do things like like lock pick the. Yours probably has a digital one now, but we had the one where you had to like slot letters into mm-hmm. it for like the school message that when people would drive by. Hmm. And we would go in there and put, like, stop driving, stupid. Yeah. You know, like, nothing <laughs> offensive because we didn't right. want it to immediately get taken down. But right. just, like, silly stuff like that. No, that's what you... That's... The best senior pranks are the ones that, like, you don't really create any victims, you know? No. Um, like, the... I went to Huntington Beach High School, and there's there's a bell tower there on the school. And I guess it was, like, the 1978 class or something. There was, like, this group of physics and math students that got together. And they took a giant... Uh, tractor inner tube and put like class of 78 on it or whatever and they they used balloons with guide wires to pull it to put that inner tube all the way around the steeple of the bell tower and apparently like it took them uh, over a year to get it down <laughs> that's hype <laughs> they eventually had because they, they didn't have any ladders with the fire department or anything that were high enough to reach it and so eventually i guess they did get a new uh, a new truck that had a, a ladder that was almost high enough and then a firefighter went up on the top with a big long pole with like a knife on the end of it and finally cut it down. Tell me more about firefighters long poles, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I'm I've, just saying be really creative and try not to be destructive. Right. If you're yeah, going to do it. Man, just And don't, don't put my face on shit. <laughs> yeah, and don't put Anthony's face on shit. <laughs> <laughs> he wants no part of your shenanigans. Uh, um, so Emza writes in and says... Okay. Some of these are letters we actually read last week before GarageBand destroyed our hopes and dreams. And a lot of times I I have to find the place to to pick up because I don't usually read all the stuff in the beginning of each letter, which is like, I love this show. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Which we appreciate. I've recently have read a few different reviews on Metroid Other M. Some have given it praise and say how good it is, and others not so much. I know a reviewer must try and stay 
as unbiased as possible. Not true. Not true. Um, but I feel both the low reviews and high reviews get it wrong. Well, of course you do because you're biased, just like the reviewers. <laughs> reviews are biased. I'm glad. Thank you for pointing that out, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Thank so, you. That reviews are biased? No, just that exact. He pointed the contradiction and I got his point right there. So my question is, do you think sometimes games that give you a nostalgic feeling or are expected to be great are just getting good reviews, i.e. Metroid, Halo, Call of Duty, and also the shit games are given the crappy review and scores because people expect them to suck. Um, he's like, I don't play video games for a job like you. I play them for fun and had some of the most fun playing the shittiest games. So what do you think? Are reviews, um, are reviews handed out like the prom crown purely on popularity? How dare you read that question? Or are those AAA titles really good? Those are five price. Ah, it's the type of thing that will... Without well, referring to any review in particular, yes and yes. I well, I I think it's a good question because it's like it brings up to the point like read into the review, like read into it critically. If if you can read that this person is to biased against <laughs> you know a certain uh you know infatuation with what Metroid used to be, you need then, then that should be able to come through in the review. I mean, I yeah. read I read the yeah. question for a reason, and I think it's because exactly what you said, Arthur. It's that. There are totally times that people's expectations fed into that review, 100%. And then mm-hmm. there are times that uh, that there are people that are able to give like that shitty, unheard of game a fair shake and be like, look, it has totally a lot of merits to it. I, mm-hmm. uh, I think some of this is resulting from the Other M reviews that have been up lately. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously. I've not played Other M, and I'm still interested to play it, but the people that I discuss games with, typically... They are some of the people that have given Other M a low score, and generally the low score reviews for Other M have made their points better than I think a lot of the higher scoring Other M reviews have. They don't sound as contradictory, Um, but I don't know because I haven't played it. So what's the issue? Are the scores coming out very divided? I don't know. It's probably the lowest Metacritic average for a first-party Nintendo game. Um, since we music but yeah i mean i think that there's that's why we read his question is that we I, totally there are times that people's it, expectations feed into totally scores. yeah mm-hmm. i mean it, it's totally valid to bring it up too because it's it's really hard to know for example if the re- reviewer was excited for it in the first place so that's where it all comes down to like i think that's why like places like one up were so popular because you knew everyone's i mean baggage i mean just think about it right there are times that it's like Say we played a really crappy Call of Duty game, but it was like made by like uh, Infinity Ward. But you know it was also a Call of Duty game, so we went into it with certain expectations. But had it been like that exact same game designed by like us not knowing it was Infinity Ward and it was like crappy and by a thir- and total shitty name, who knows? Like you know, I do think that there's there's no way that all these things that we see don't influence us one way or another. How they influence us, I don't know. Positive, negative, whatever. But I'm saying that of course. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. It's like there's 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 there, there's no way to do like blinded reviews of right. video games right. because <laughs> everyone has their positions and their yeah. preconceived notions. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, Modern Warfare is probably another example. Modern Warfare Two, mm-hmm. that game got universally positive reviews. Like, I literally can't think of a bad review for Modern Warfare Two, but I thought that the campaign was not good. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it either. But and that seems like sauce. what people would have to base a lion's share of the review on because you can't play on Xbox Live yeah. on a game that's not out yet. Definitely not as good as the first Modern Warfare's campaign. No, just, not by any means. I didn't just didn't think it was very good. 
Right. Um, Tanta writes in. Oh, uh, is this is this dude Hawaiian? No, was, he says his name's Tanner, but in his email name it says Tanta. Oh. <laughs> so, um, he writes well, in. Tananta. What is the hardest type of game to review and why? And I think we've talked about this before, but in general, the hardest type of games to review is the mediocre ones. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. It's an easy answer. The fans of the genre games. Yeah, <laughs> fans yeah. of the genre <laughs> games. Yeah. a lot of fans of the genre yeah. games lately. Fans of the genre. Yeah. That, well, that should it, be a legitimate review. Fuck that. Like, if you get a... <laughs> that should be it. Fans of fans of the genre. A, a four-word review. I think <laughs> games that have problems that are ambitious and bold are the hardest for me to review. Hmm. Yeah. Because like, you want to appreciate like they're what they're trying yeah. really hard, but they kind of fall short. Like, totally. Shank is an example of a game where I, I really, really wanted to like Shank more than I did. Hmm. Like, because the art direction is so, so good, and I love the music, and, like, just the the sort of history and development of that game. Like I, I like all of that. Mm-hmm. It's just that as a game, it leaves a lot to be desired. See, that's how I was with the uh, little King story was mm-hmm. one that like, yeah, me I too. remember on area five, you know, we kind of talked negatively about in some ways we all liked it yeah. and we appreciated what it was trying to do, but it obviously had like so many things that were like fucked up about it as well. <laughs> yeah. Or you can just, Kenny Lynch is another yeah. one. The, yeah. Kenny Lynch 2 is one where I feel like people should try to play through it, but I have a hard time recommending that they mm-hmm. spend $60 on it. You could rewind back to our conversation about Elemental. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so th- those would be hard games to review. For me, Like from a technical perspective, it's hard to review multiplayer in games. Yeah. Right. I mean, That's there are a, that, some, some games have made it easy. Like, the easiest experience I had with multiplayer was definitely Battlefield Bad Company 2. Because mm. we played a lot mm-hmm. of multiplayer for Bad Company 2 before that game came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with multiplayer, it's it's always an issue of practicality mm-hmm. than, uh, yeah. than it is actual difficult to write your opinions. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, what so, you got, Anthony? Well, I'm sorry, I was looking through. We got so many letters in... That, mm-hmm. Like I starred a bunch, but there was there was some that I didn't get to see at all because I sent out the bat signal. Yeah, and, today. and we got a ton. Um, okay, you can always say something for next time. This one's getting laid before I turn twenty-one. <laughs> so pretty much, there's this girl I kind of like. So okay, much. strike one there. <laughs> we had a thing for each other back when I was in high school, but I'm I found na- someone better. I'm but now, now in my that third I year of college. Laid, to make a somewhat typical story short, there was another dude that liked her at the time, and he got the jump on me. They dated for a couple of years, but are now broken up. Come to find out during a Facebook chat a few weeks ago, she confessed feelings for me during the time they were dating. Of course she did. Mm-hmm. I went to go visit her the other day at her apartment, and we had a good time catching up, going to the movies, and spending some time by the pool. Aww. However, she seemed to bring up her ex on a few occasions during the topics we talked about, and it got me a little worried. Since, you know, it's kind of a golden rule not to talk about your exes. No, it's not. Even though this was somewhat of a casual meeting and not necessarily a date. My question is, do you think I may already be in the friend zone? Okay, so... I seem to have this problem with a lot of girls. (laughs) Um, So, here's the thing. Um, Don't be afraid of her bringing her ex-boyfriend up because, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just me, but it seems like a very quick way into uh the not friend zone let's just you know if if you were at a hotel the very the very quick way to get a room key is to get them talking about their ex-boyfriend and what they hated about them and look better than them i guess it's like it seemed like uh i don't know that's 
Maybe maybe that makes me sound like a heel, but it's a technique that works. This just doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> it sounds like such a bad idea. It works. I, I want to say. lose my virginity before I'm 21. How yeah. do I? How do I convince Talk about this? Look, no, dude, this, this is what totally this works. is where the conversation needs to go. And I'm gonna throw this little Make magic. Sure you put on the Where's that, Tyler? I'm gonna throw this little com- <laughs> this little bit of. I can feel my. I thought about giving this piece of advice on the gravitating toward my palm right now. <laughs> but uh, but you got to get the conversation going towards stress and massage. <laughs> dude, once you get the hands on the shoulders, on the lower back, it's like you just work, you work your way around, like. The top of the booty. The second the she undoes her bra strap, you're pretty you're much there, in her. She might as well have <laughs> taken <laughs> off her pants. Yeah, like they they were chilling out by the pool. It's probably getting evening time. Oh man, you know, sitting out here, my back feels kind of stiff. Oh yeah, my back too. Well, uh, you know, working on some techniques. It would help if you were actually good at it. Hey, uh, yeah, man, read about massage. Read how to give them practice. Yeah. That being massage said, is a quick way yeah. again a practical like advice on nailing bitches aside <laughs> <laughs> it seems like such a bad idea <laughs> it really really does like this is not going to go anywhere good and how she's you, gonna think you're into how do you her. Know that? I don't know it doesn't sound so to me you know what you know what song came up in my head I went through the danger zone. You're in the danger zone of the friend zone. Can you zone. not sing that song? I've had Top Gun shit stuck in my head. <laughs> right? It's your fault, man. You're bringing F-14s in my mind. Uh, but yeah, man. You're in the danger zone of the friend zone. It could go your way, I think. Apply no? sunscreen to her back. There you go. You do, you, do, you do have to act before you're stuck in the friend zone, though. Yeah. That's the I'm issue. If shaking you, my head. If this you is, if you don't if you don't act, then you're definitely going to be stuck in the friends. The engine light is on in this situation, <laughs> <laughs> and you can keep driving, sure, and you may even get where you want, but the light may even turn off. Yeah, sometimes they come on for no reason. But smoke could start, <laughs> start pouring from the hood, and before you know it, you are totally boned. <laughs> Not to mix metaphors or anything. <laughs> So Dan writes in, and I thought this question was good because both Arthur and I are here, and I figure Mac has something to say on this. says, uh, you guys talk about relationships all the time, but you guys seem to skirt around the relationship you seem best able to give advice on. Anthony, Arthur, and I'm including Matt in this. Mm-hmm. How do you find each other as hetero life's mates? What do you do <laughs> to keep making it work? How does one find a hetero life mate? I burn Anthony in effigy. <laughs> I find that helps. No, I mean, because Matt, you've been like fucking hetero life mate with Matt. I mean, without Ryan. <laughs> with himself. He's his own hetero life mate. That, that actually is very true. You find each other randomly. Yeah. I wouldn't say there's any rhyme or reason to that. I wasn't looking through uh, Craigslist personals and being like Arthur being like, looking for a friend to play games with. <laughs> Anthony didn't even have a 360 when I met him. <laughs> nope. To be fair, it, it yeah. just come out that year. Well, I, I've, I've, it was like four months or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah. So you know, oblivion is what tipped Anthony. I wasn't over. ready to make the jump yet. Yeah. I was still enjoying my PS2, well, but I was perfectly ready to push him. It helps a lot when you like work in a gaming job with somebody else who works in a gaming job, and then the two of you end up living together. <laughs> yeah, that happens actually here in San Francisco a lot, where yeah. a lot of young people come into new jobs and they need roommates. Yep. So they end up 
rooming up with someone they yeah. they get along with at work real, really right. well. Yeah, and I think and I think guys are more likely to be compatible roommates if you have similar jobs and girls that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Like I think two girls can have the same job and get along at work and then hate each other when they live together. But I think for guys it's usually a pretty good indication that you're going to get along well if you if you work well together. I think for Anthony and I, it helps that we have some more standards of cleanliness. Like we're on the same big one place yeah, on the total. slob to obsessive compulsive neat freak scale. Yeah, that's which actually somewhere true in the middle. Huge. Too. Yeah. huge. That um, is huge. Yeah. Is that my cat making vomiting noises? Nope. That was outside. Okay. That was me. Andrew writes in and he says, given, given that a few of you are vegetarians, I was wondering if you could answer a question for me. Nope. Every single vegan, well, you can contribute to this too, Arthur. Every single vegan I've ever met, save for one, have been dickheads, assholes, or bitches. What is it about being vegan that gives people the green light to be douchebags? I don't really understand it. Because they feel like they're better than you? And so... It's the same thing that gives anybody... It's the same thing that anybody... I'm not saying all vegans think they're better than you. No, they don't. The problem is that a lot of it is, like, people that aren't... Like, the people that are, like, lifelong vegans are different. Than the people that are vegan from the time they're like seventeen to twenty-two. Yeah, those true. are the, right, those yeah. are the ones that are like, like they just do it because they're like super hardcore for a little bit, and then one day they're like, "Fuck chili dog, I love chili dog." <laughs> right. I disagree. I've met a lot of people that were that were longtime vegans that were dicks, and a lot of people that were longtime vegans that were nice. I'm saying, but a lot of the ones I meet that are dicks, a lot of them are like the ones that are in their like super hardcore young phase. Yeah. I, I mean, I've got kind of a theory about this, actually, and I—I I, I don't consider myself a vegan. Like, I wear leather, and, and I, cheese I just is delicious. Don't, I mean, yeah, I, eat, I eat lots of cheese, and, and yeah, I just too. don't eat any meat. I could give up meat before I give up cheese. Um, I'm actually pescatarian because I still eat seafood. Yeah, so I'm not cheese. even full-on vegetarian. I tend to think that um, people who uh, turn towards vegan lifestyles—they're the type of people who are paying attention to like alternative medicines or like uh, uh, you know all alternative diets and i think a lot of um a lot of that compulsion stems from like wanting to uh possess more knowledge than the, the next person so it's like oh you don't know why being vegan is so good like <laughs> they think they're better you than must you. like yeah or, or, you know like like they got more knowledge than you, you know, i, I think know. it's just one of those things where it doesn't matter what group you self-identify with if you choose to identify with a group it's because on a certain level you think that being part of that group gives you an advantage or at least gives you somewhere a, a place from which you can speak with authority so sometimes if you're speaking with authority about something that you know about other people can take that as you being a dick mm-hmm. i was gonna say yeah so it is like a semi-vegan apologist just because several people i know or love are vegans I, yeah it's like yeah. the problem is that for them a lot of times it's it's a it is a moral imperative that, of veganism, you know, and so mm-hmm. for them, it's it's very easy to slip from trying to talk to you about it because they want to educate and like express their beliefs to not preaching at you because this is something that they believe is like fucking wrong, right? Yeah. Where they let the emotions kind of get in the way of. Also, have you heard of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints? That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> the thing is that is like just like religious people can slip over that boundary of trying to just be like, well, let me tell you about my religion to being like. It is fucking wrong what you're doing because mm-hmm. of this. You know, there passion can fuck things up. Is the problem? Yeah. yeah. And then too, it's like food. That's just so central to culture. True. Human being socialization. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Not all vegans are dicks, but yes, I agree. There. Many are. A large amount. 
And it's just, I, I mean, it's just another way. There's a lot of meat eaters that are dicks, too. True. Uh, <laughs> there's a vast more amount um, of meat eaters that well, are Well, yeah, but that's just the, the law of averages. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah. In a, in a lot of, for a lot of people, it's just like another way to join a social group and exclude other people. Yeah, right. that's part of it. Yeah, and group out group. Sure. Oh, you mean you're not straight edge? Man, you're fucking weak. <laughs> you're weak. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Just like you shouldn't judge all Christians, don't judge all vegans. Truth. I judge all Christians. Um, Positively. They're making a new Judge Dredd movie. Why? That was a good question. <laughs> so I, was, I, I was like, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone did it, and that was God, all we ever dude. needed. Do we need another one? No. I don't know. Maybe it could be great. No. I just feel sorry for the uh, the main guy that's in it whose name escapes me, but he's in so much stuff, and it's like he's almost had his big break over and over and over again. Mm. Is it the guy from uh, from Doom? Yes. Carl Urban. Uh, oh, Carl yeah, Urban. Immediately, so weird you knew who that immediately, was. <laughs> immediately, because immediately, cause I think me and Arthur have had this conversation before. This guy's always been on the cusp of, like, I could be action right, star. Right, like, he was, I like, a be. villain in The Bourne Supremacy, and, like, he was in a bunch of other stuff. And, and he was in the Lord of the Rings movies. Are we talking about the same Who guy? Was he in the- no, that's uh, that's someone else. Oh, he he was in Doom. He was oh. in Doom. So who are we talking? About? I was talking about the main. Carl Orban was in Doom. Yeah, he wasn't in Lord of the Rings, was he? Yes, he was. He was Faramir or whatever. Yeah, he was in a bunch of them over right. and over again. Um, he was also in a movie called Pathfinder, which was not very. Okay, good. so we are talking about the same person. He was yes. the he was one of the fucking knights. You're you're Lord right. I was wrong. He was one of the writers. Yes. We're getting nerdy here, but yes, that yeah. guy's always been on the cut. They're making another Judge Dredd movie because they it's a known quantity, and it's easier than trying to develop a new idea. And I mean, now it's to the point like they're you know they're making more obscure comics into movies too, where it's just like totally off. Like I'm not, I don't have a problem with making movies out of books or not, whatever. Neither do I. I just I do. I you know I never get my hopes up when I hear anything is in is in development anymore. Like. My one of my favorite sci-fi books of the last ten years, Altered Carbon, was optioned for a movie by Joel Silver, who is the guy that did like The Matrix and a bunch of other action movies. But until you see it, right? I mean, but also Neuromancer has basically been optioned over and over again for movies for like almost thirty years now, mm-hmm. and has never made it. So I have no hope that a movie that I want to see is going to get made mm-hmm. until I see a trailer. Yeah, like Angry Birds. Yeah, meanwhile, the dumbest shit gets made all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Birds is going to be made into a movie. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. You know what? Asteroids <laughs> is being made into a movie, so yeah. I'm not going to say shit about Angry Birds. Like, what is it? We got movies that Watch out, there's rocks coming this way. <laughs> I remember. Shoot them. Oh, my God. Now there are more rocks. Shoot those, too. <laughs> they're smaller now. Uh, okay, so another Dan. This one from New Hampshire wrote. In, Maybe you should try to shoot in every direction. He says... Uh, <laughs> I'm leaving for college in a few days, and it's my first dorming experience. I figure it would be for college, unless yeah. you went to a private school. Um, I was thinking when I'm not out and about with my classes and shit, uh, you know, I'm going to be in my dorm. I thought about it and said, why shut everyone out when I start gaming? So I thought that I would keep my door open and put the TV in view from the hallway. That's a good idea. So my question was, what game would someone have to be playing for you to look in and say, hey, to whoever's playing it? Halo, well, Smash Brothers, Halo, Smash Brothers, Madden, Madden. Any of like, the, any of the, anything that's like new and modern is going right. to wow a lot of people that aren't. Uh, yeah, Call of Duty. I yeah, mean, Call of Duty is Call of Duty. 
Uncharted looks great. People will watch Uncharted like a movie. I don't feel like they do, honestly. I Dude, think they that, totally I think do. Uncharted is they pretty totally overrated. Do. I like that he says like Uncharted in He's like, a, I only have an Xbox 360, so suggestions to that would be oh. awesome. And he says, I know I heard you guys say get a, at one point get a Wii because it's casual, but that's out of the question. Yeah. <laughs> Gears of War 1 and 2 is another one. What about one. Yeah. Red Dead, like an open world game no. other people could run people in and get say, bored. Oh, shoot that guy. No, because the, everything you fucking do in Red Dead is boring to everyone now, but if you're you. No do, one cares about what an animal you're world, skinning. It needs, be, it needs to be something like GTA. Or like, Gorilla. We used, we used to sit around and do GTA and stuff together because I feel like Red Faction. going on. I feel like Red Faction Gorilla is another one that's just not fun for anyone to watch except the person that's doing it, except for very specific Gorilla moments. is another world that is just empty enough that I think, yeah, it's not necessarily fun for people to watch gta the old one that was always fun for us because people were constantly i mean i don't know the novelty of that might be over these days though i i definitely think it is because when i was in college gta 3 it just came out so yeah, it's like exactly. oh shit we're hitting people with cars yeah i'm beating up a hooker <laughs> but halo reach would definitely get people's attentions that would why do, you, why do you think the single player of that would get people's attention so you because think halo is i mean be, they see the single player and they know what it is right away True. If you're trying to attract other gamers, if you're trying to attract girls, good luck. <laughs> Which is where like other games come in. I mean, I don't know. Man, I don't know. Drew that's down. where the Wii comes in, really. Yeah, that's out of the question. Connect maybe when it comes out would definitely get people paying attention. That's I realize if there's that enough it's... room in your dorm to use it. Yeah, I mean there probably will be. Um, maybe. I mean, there wouldn't it, have been in my dorm room. Yeah, I mean, mine move, either. Like, move, even though all the launch software is not very good, apparently, that would get people's attention because but it's. But he said 360 only. Right, so connect. Connect when it comes out. You would be the only guy there with it, maybe, or you'd be one of the few people there with it. And it would get people's attention. Okay, Netflix. so I'm going to read this, this last letter because it's a good one. To what do you mean, that. last letter? Oh, should we do more? Yes. We've only been going for like an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, well, I've read it. Are any of the, do any of the letters discuss the the increase in Xbox Live price? That would be a good topic. Uh, a couple to asked discuss. about it. Most people were just like, what do you guys think about it? Right. So what do you think Tyler, about it? Tyler, what think? do you think about the Xbox Live price uh, increase? I, I, think, I think pretty much what everyone is going to say. Like, it sucks. Nobody wants it, but look for places where it's cheaper and try it that way. Right. Matt, I'm gonna do it. I don't. I'm not happy about it, but I'm gonna do right. it. And aren't they adding Hulu and ESPN stuff? Yes. So yeah, I, but I mean, there's no way of knowing whether or not you're gonna be paying yeah, extra for, for Hulu. That, yeah. Like ESPN, oh, I'm pretty sure is gonna be included with live flat yeah. out. Oh, okay. Um, but Hulu. And that's cool. I mean, like as long as they can keep finding enough stuff to give away to keep, and I'm sure that's part of their strategy too. Is you know to keep enough stuff coming for free that you feel like you're getting your subscription. Right. I hope, man. I hope it's just and another thing where they I, crank I it know. up 10 I mean, bucks every... Gamers are so pissy, but... Yeah, that's true. Like, people talk about, oh, well, $50 is too much, but I mean, just like when gamers complained that $60 was the new median cost for a game, mm-hmm. I just, I think back to playing games in the Genesis and Super Nintendo era where mm-hmm. they were way more... Mm-hmm. And then games were fifty dollars forever, and inflation like has way outpaced the price of games. Mm-hmm. Just like even in the last eight years, inflation has way outpa- outpaced the ten dollar price increase from mm-hmm. fifty to sixty, and it's eighty three cents a month. Yeah, it's not even a coffee. Yeah, it's like a quarter of a cup of coffee now. 
<laughs> what do you guys think about the, that new... Wait, you mean 83 cents a, a week? No, a month. A, a month? month? It's like Wait. $10 increase. It's a $10 increase Oh, I thought you meant year. in total. I'm sorry. No. You mean 83 on top? I was like, what are you right. talking about? Right. I mean, no. I mean, it's like, it's 83 cents more a month. A yeah. Year. Yeah, I get you. And and yeah, like, you know what? CAG. Go to Cheap Ass Gamer. Like, yeah, there's like, a thread dedicated to deals <laughs> on Xbox Live, and yeah. they... Always update the first post in that thread with the current deals. There and you go. If you'll go on Amazon, you'll notice that Xbox Live subscription cards are probably number one right now. Yeah, really. But go to, I mean, Target, Amazon, Walmart, those are the sites that will discount Live Point cards. Best Buy, they don't, you can go fuck yourself. They don't care. Just like they never put sales on games. Mm-hmm. Except for very rarely, and GameStop doesn't put anything on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, other, those a lot of the same people that were asking what we thought about that also asked what we thought about that new controller and whether we wanted one. <sighs> no, one no. thing, like one thing that I thought was immediately cool about the controller is just like how simple it is. I don't like, yeah, I don't need colors to point the direction towards the buttons. Like I know where A, B, X, and Y are. We do. It, I, yeah. I don't, but it just feels like I can't hand that controller to anyone but someone who's, like, hardcore, like, super devoted. Like, because they just won't get it. Because uh, usually when you know. see on-screen button presses, it's not positional, it's Co- just colors. Yeah, yeah, it's the co- yeah. yeah, that surely will throw people off. I mean, it's like, I guess it's like one of those things, like, oh, yeah, man, I'm, this is my controller, man, it's all, you know, just great. <laughs> I mean, the D-pad stuff is is fine. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I don't really need it now since I have a fucking arcade stick and mm-hmm. a fight pad. <laughs> but, I mean, sure. I like it just because it looks more like a grown-up device. Yeah, that's part of it. I guess none of the bright primary colors. It lets you forget you're using a fucking toy. I would yeah. consider getting it if it wasn't that you can only get it... Uh, with the play-and-charge kit. Yeah, with the play-and-charge kit for like $65. That is kind of a fucking racket. Yeah, especially if you don't already need have it. a plane charge kit. <laughs> or have the charging dock or yeah. use rechargeable batteries, which a lot yeah. of people do. Okay. I don't know why you'd use rechargeable batteries. Plane charge kit totally pays for itself. Because uh, you can use rechargeable AA's for everything and they might last longer. No, they don't last longer than a plane charge. No, I mean like you can. they will take more charges over time than a plane charge kit will. Battery packs last really? me about a year before they start. Mm. Not holding charge so well. Ken writes in. Hi, Ken. And he says, uh, I want to know what you guys think about game analysts. And he said, I've often heard mixed comments from a variety of game journalists ranging from outright laughing at his comments. He's talking about Mac- Michael Pactor. Right. Yeah. To respectful acceptance of his wisdom. But it seems to be reactions have become more negative in the past year and a half. My personal opinion is that I find his comments most valuable, even if I don't agree with him with his analysis and I say this because I understand that his perspective is quite different from mine his perspective largely stems from the market and financial trends business structures financial health of the company I have a theory about as such his perspective would naturally be different from mine as a gamer and occasional game critic or writer moreover he probably has access to data that I would never have access to also correct which makes me pay attention to what he has to say of course Mr. Pactor is not the only analyst out there but he is the most prominent which makes it easy for me to use him as an example I would like to ask your thoughts about such market analysts. So I have I have a theory. And I think the thing that pisses people off about Pactor is that he's constantly of the opinion that publishers should be doing things that cost gamers more money. Right. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, um, that tends to be where he falls. And the thing, the most recent Pactor thing that really made me laugh is like it's such a, f- a fucking meme now to say lol Pactor, and <laughs> like that guy talks out of his ass all the time. Like, why does anyone ever like ask that guy anything? And most recently, this came up on Sunday because he was quoted in an article, and I think in a a business magazine talking about 2K games or Take Two, and how Mafia was going to underperform and. Uh, Red Dead was gonna break even, mm-hmm. um, and people were like, "Oh, Wall Pactor, like he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about." And then the next day, like his most annoying prediction for the year fucking comes true, which is that he <laughs> predicted like six months ago that Live was gonna go up cost wise this year, mm-hmm. that it would be dumb not to, mm-hmm. just like he's predicted before that Sony was going to find a way to charge for PSN stuff, mm-hmm. and it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but 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 on the Mafia Two thing, it also came out this week. I think just today that like Mafia Two was like super high on the sales charts in Europe. Right, but like it's like no, wait. it was super high on the sales charts in the UK. UK, UK specific. And honestly, Mafia got some kind of high scores on certain mm-hmm. UK sites. It didn't make sense to me from what I played and what I've heard. But whatever, um, I still don't. Mafia was in development for six five, years. Six years. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but either way, even if with I'm, the check to U.S. dollar exchange rate, that's still no. Yeah. Either way, this it's a really good question. I'm glad he brings it up because, like, also you gotta. I think one thing a lot of people just aren't considering because you know there's a lot of young readers out there, you know, and young viewers viewing all this game content, game discussion, and they're not coming to it with like a, just like. Straight fact: a fully developed brain. So they they're not like understanding like how much of a grain of salt to take these guys' comments with. Like then you mm-hmm. know to to understand the complexity of like someone breaking down and and you know and saying like I believe this company is going to perform this way. I mean the number of factors that can change the direction of that company it, one way or the other. Well, is, I mean it's kind of like you're a weatherman. You know, there, it, there's a lot of exactly, science yeah. in, involved in what you do, but at the end of the day, there's just like you said, there's too many variables in play. You can't keep track of them all. You can't be responsible for them all. And Pactor mm. is successful because he's got a pretty. He's got one of the better track records for mm. analyst predictions. Also, a lot of times you'll hear not just analyst predictions, but magazine predictions or like rumors that you'll see online mm-hmm. that never happen that were totally legit. Mm-hmm. Like all of us have seen stuff mm-hmm. that was not announced but was happening that got canceled or got shifted into something else. Mm-hmm. And, like, the internet's just like, oh, ho, ha, ha, that stuff never happened. But it's like, no, we totally heard that stuff was happening, but it died. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. David. Hi, David. He writes in and he says, uh, as an avid board gamer and Rebel FM listener, I was thrilled to hear brief board game to conversation on was 71. Was this the HeroQuest mention? Matt mentioned he was having a board game night, and I was wondering what he was playing. Um, that was when I was, I believe that was when I was in Las Vegas with my friends and we played Battlestar Galactica. You fucking nerds. We played Warhammer Quest. How is that? It's fun. I mean, it's kind of broken in that there's like certain characters that like we, like my group of friends, they came up with a lot of house rules to make the game actually better. (laughs) And, uh, then, oh shit. What was the last one that we played? Uh, oh, it was really fun too. It's a, it was like Battlestar Galactica in that you you have somebody on the team who you don't know is going to betray you, and uh, there was like 
there's like the shadow team and the light team and the neutrals oh shit what was this called i think it was called shadow knights or something like that it was actually really good it was the first time i'd ever played that one anyway i think board games are awesome i don't have like all of my board gaming friends are all in orange county which is uh, in Southern California, so I don't get to play with those guys that much anymore. But when we do get together, there's usually board games involved. I mean, we typically, when we do board games, we don't do hardcore ones like what you're describing. Like, but that's just it. Like, that's one thing I like about board games is like you can get you can be a really hardcore board gamer. Most board games you can pick up and play in a very short amount of time. Even games that like seem really complex are usually less complex to understand than most video games. Video games have robbed me of my patience for setup. <laughs> yeah, well, I can understand that too. And clean up. Yeah, but uh, they they are a lot of fun. I mean, like they're they're usually rules that you can wrap your heads around and it's like just really interesting ways to deal with to deal with situations and things like um there is actually uh uh this uh game uh I don't know what you call him. He was in he's in academia in Sweden and he's like in the games program there and He's uh, kept in touch with Ryan and I. We met him at GDC a couple years ago, and he was in town recently, and we played a game um, about uh, the Nixon versus Kennedy presidential race. Whoa. And uh, it's, a t- it's only a two-player board game, but it had all of these really cool metaphors for, like, taking over the different states, turning them red or blue, you know, uh, where to spin media buys, you know, how you're, you have, like, influence tokens that you use and all kinds. Of, anyway, it had really, really... Uh, interesting rule sets and it's the kind of stuff that like people don't make games out of because maybe it's not <coughs> the kind of thing that you can that you can make a video game out of but they're great for board games and I think you know I wish there I actually wish there was a lot more crossover between board games and video games especially given things like Xbox Live and Steam and stuff like that because I, I know people like have been going apeshit over Carcassonne and you know uh you can play like you know on your iPhone, on your iPad, on right. Well, why the fuck Xbox did it take five years to get a Risk game on Xbox Live? Yeah, I know. I feel like I feel like there's just a huge market out there for for board games to be. And it, it, when it would seem like development for them, I mean, uh, this might sound ignorant, but it would be cheap. It's got to be cheaper it would, than it would doing have to be like, cheap because yeah. you maybe you licensing is design an the issue. system. Like a lot of board games have very complicated licensing agreements yeah. that vary yeah, in that various the, parts of the world. Yeah, yeah. it's true. Um, so this is a really weird question. Not like really bizarre. Like we're going to be For like, I'm us? uncomfortable. What? <laughs> it says, hey, my name's Elliot and I'm going to be a junior this year. And I've realized that I am coming in to a time school? in my life. Yeah. Where I'm supposed to do crazy shit like in all the movies. <laughs> I, live, I live in a very small town of 2,500 people. Movies lie. So that shit is hard to do. I remember stories Anthony told in podcasts such as pomadoing. Which seems like something I could do. Any ideas? So this is the this is the part that made me kind of depressed. Any ideas how I can spend my time other than just playing games? Aww, play more games. I'm assuming masturbation is sort of not. I imagine. In this imagine that's already imagine happening. This dude's dick is like leather. <laughs> <laughs> He's got calluses like this. Beats <laughs> the shit out of it. Hi. Um. <laughs> These are from a pull-up bar. Oh, okay. It's going to be like, damn, you yeah, work on from those. A from a pull-up bar. Yeah, wink. wink. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. No, honestly, dude, I don't know. I don't know that Read destruction books? destruction is not the hobby that it once was. No. Like, we live in a much more uptight world when it comes to kids doing silly shit. 
Yeah, you can't get away Besides, with it. Besides, blowing shit up is overrated. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> it's just, it's not worth the risk. Find I still have uh, floaters in my eyes from a firecracker exploding in my face when I was a kid. Was um, yeah. Find a hobby that's not gaming. Like, maybe you should you could play guitar. Or knit. <laughs> I mean, you, you guys giggle at knitting, but there are actually more and more dudes. Dude, I knitting. wish I knew how to knit. I tried to learn. Yeah. And the person that was teaching me got so frustrated at watching me fuck it up, she took it away from me. My cousin is starting to make a uh, quite a bit of money on Etsy. Like, she makes patterns and all kinds of stuff. She's really, really good I at it. I feel like Etsy is one of those things that only people on the, the coasts know about. Maybe. But anyway, there's a lot of people making a lot of money on Etsy. Um... How much time do I have? We've got plenty of time. All right, so I'm well, I'm just I'm, I, soon. Okay, yeah, I'm running out of letters too, so that's um, fine. Well, what? Twenty minutes? Uh, sooner. You bastards! I, I have too much to do. I, I still have to go home and do a whole bunch of stuff for the website since we're leaving tomorrow. You bastards! Is this in the email? Yes. <laughs> From Cole, and he says, "I'm writing to call each and every one of you bastards out." I'm a poor, unemployed grad who can't afford very many games. <laughs> As such, listening to your podcast every week is intolerable because you talk about awesome games I can't live without. <laughs> if it weren't for you, I wouldn't have spent money on Assassin's Creed 2, Mass Effect 2, and StarCraft 2. Both of the, all of those games last so long, though. You need to be aware of your power to get people to play good games and avoid bad ones and use it more wisely because you're helping people like me fall in love with gaming all over again. <laughs> Cole? Awesome. Either, I'm sorry. Either don't listen. We want you to work me. two jobs to listen to our podcast. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we work two jobs to make it. <laughs> or at least I do. Yeah, exactly. Um, Chase, Chase like writes in with kind jobs. of a question about our personalities. Hi, Chase. He says, I know you guys love all things geeky and that this is, in fact, a I gaming really podcast. But everyone has multiple interests. Yeah, it's true. Arthur's, hate Arthur's a hater. Yeah. Um, hate him. Especially that geek box. And as I listen to podcasts, (laughs) I'm usually watching some sort of sporting event or catching up on ESPN because I really dig sports. How about you guys? Got a favorite sport, team, or athlete? uh, Or do you just flat out hate all types of athletic activity? (laughs) I'm not indifferent to athletic activity. I mean, we we both do stuff, but I'm I'm indifferent to sports. Uh, I like tennis occasionally. You used to play tennis, right? Yeah, but I'm I'm not like avid like not like like right now the u.s open and stuff i'm just like uh, i'm not like i fucking gotta watch yeah i don't know no none of us are like die hard I, I'm like not i'm a raiders fan anything. by default because yeah. i live in oakland right but i mean I'm it's always die- like sure i'll come around in the super bowl and get fucking drunk and watch the game <laughs> yeah, you know, like, not like a sporting thing that's a social thing like yeah. nba finals you know sure but i really enjoy watching the world cup but i don't follow soccer outside of it you know were you on sports normally tyler yeah Regularly, yep, Tyler was on I don't know Tyler. why. Fucking scandalous. <laughs> well, Tyler played. Uh, you were like a default sports game reviewer for a while, weren't you, Tyler? Like, didn't that happen? Nah, didn't you play football? No. no, I wasn't a sports reviewer either. Okay. Well, I found the letter <laughs> that I wanted to close it out on, and then we'll talk about packs because cool. that's kind of important. Briefly, we're all going. Uh, so Matthew writes in, and again, this one's titled "Love for Arthur." Oh, and says uh so I hang out on your work site a little bit, and I've noticed the lack of love for Arthur and his review scores. In a world that overly praises mediocrity, I applaud you, Arthur. I like Shank. You didn't hate Shank, and you scored it accordingly. 
However, next to your fellow journalists, I think that you are a video game media's version of a tough college professor. You cut through <laughs> the bullshit that not everybody sees and grade the work appropriately. Superb graphic and style is no replacement for basic gaming control and repetitiveness. I don't know about you guys, but there was always that professor every semester that made that marked me hard, but damn it if I didn't try that much harder to impress them and give them what they wanted. If everything continues to get rave reviews for just okay games, there will be little movement forward in the media I love. So basically he's saying, you need to fucking work harder to impress Arthur. Yeah, exactly. I'm feeling this warmth spreading along my crotch. <laughs> I mean, and like, it's true. Like, there are a lot of nines I'm that just, have been given to games. I've this, been reviewing yep. a lot of sevens lately. Yeah. It's yeah. just sort of the way of things. Like, and no one appreciates a seven. Like, a seven is never going to make anybody happy. Nope. Well, there's the occasional PR team where they know they've got a real piece of shit, and they're like, yes, we got a fucking <laughs> right. somebody yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Pop like, the champagne! A nine is going to make some people happy. Yeah. Like, because, holy shit, it's a fucking nine, or even an eight. Even an eight, And, yeah. like, a five or a six is going to make some other people happy, because they're like, yes, that fucking game sucks. Now I can go to a message board and tell those people it fucking sucks. Mm -hmm. But a seven is like, huh? <laughs> yeah. Like a sort of shoulder shrug. Yep. Yeah. Um, Pleases no one. <laughs> right, like, there are things to recommend in a seven, but, I mean, there's other things that are like, you may not want to play this game. That's why I hate scoring games and don't do it. Uh, I do not have that luxury, I know. dick. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, people have been talking about how we've been talking too much about comments lately, like about reviews and stuff like that. It's probably mostly me, but it's mostly just because I find it funny. Like, I just find... I don't give a shit. ...comments funny. Say what you want. Sometimes hurtful, but usually funny. <laughs> um, And they keep me honest because they definitely point out anytime I get these slightest fucking fact wrong <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that's that's for sure but it's just like uh, you know like, like anyone who says you talk too much about the comments i just have to ask them have you ever created anything like put a lot of time into something and then put it up in public view where people are just commenting on it like you you will find yourself right. paying attention to like, that shit i don't care who you are we don't talk about traffic very often but my transformers of you got a million views in a week it's like you pay attention to that stuff. It's it's hard not to. I mean, we're fucking adults, <laughs> right? You know, but and I I'm protective of my writing. Like I want it to be good. Yeah. And I sometimes that's that's important feedback. Mm -hmm. So no shit we talk about. So packs, packs. Um, we're all going right. We're, we're all going. going. I mean, going. Thursday night there's like a IGN meetup. Oh. You can read on IGN.com that Arthur and I will more than likely be there for. I'm almost positive we will tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe for a little bit. The the Sony-sponsored one? Right. Maybe for a little bit. Um, cool. Well, Arthur has better things to do. <laughs> no, I might just be tired. I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> um, no, yeah, so we'll see. We'll probably stop by uh, if we're not too cool for school. Uh, we are going to be at the Girl Fight panel Friday night, which sadly is happening at the same time as the Area 5 meetup, I think. What time is the Area 5 meetup on Friday uh, night, We're going to be at the Blarney Stone. You can just Google that. It's pretty close to the convention center there in Seattle. From 7 to like 8.30 or 9. So just kind of a quick like hangout sort of thing. We're going to... Uh, Jay Fresh has a panel, an EA panel earlier from 6 to 7. And then we're going to go straight to the Blarney Stone. And then we're also going to be at 
GameWorks on Saturday. Saturday night, there's like a public event actually that Sega is having at GameWorks right across the street from the convention center. Mm-hmm. If you've been to PAX, you know this GameWorks. That's where we had our meetup last year. Exactly. It's where the IGN meetup was last year. Um, and uh, the, the GameWorks party opens to the public at 8 p.m. and goes till like midnight or something like that. And as far as I know, there's going to be a whole ton of people there. So if you can't find us on Friday, you can probably find us there on Saturday. We will be at the Sheraton Friday after the girl fight panel yes. uh, for a sort of impromptu meetup. And we would love to see you there after you get done sucking the, the dicks of various Area 5 members. Um, or prior to. Or prior however. to. Um, we will also have our own panel on Saturday night. From six to seven. Yep. When you're um, saying we, though, you, you mean you and Anthony. It's uh, Anthony it's and I. It's just the two of us putting Ryan, on boxing yeah. gloves and getting greased up. As yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> it's Anthony and myself, along with Ryan Scott and Karen Chu from the Geek Box. And our panel is titled How to Podcast Like a Pirate. Nice. Presented by Rebel FM and the Geek Box. And we'll be doing a pretty lengthy Q&A session as well as talking about like the genesis of the podcast and how we how we handle them and how we handle various things that's in the raven theater so if you can't get into will wheaton's panel <laughs> uh, which many thousands of you won't right right we would love it if you came because i'm terrified no one will i'm uh i'm definitely going to will wheaton's panel right uh no I mean, I would too. <laughs> if I didn't have this fucking thing to go to, I'm totally uh, I'll be. Here. I will be at your panel. It would um, be cool. And It'll then be fun I, to see you guys. Up there is a One Up meetup happening Saturday night that I think there is. We might make an appearance at. So also, there was a super last minute cancellation of one of the panels. And oh, you mean the GFW Live panel? Not that one. A different one. Uh, there was a different one that had a super last minute cancellation and so Kathleen Sanders was contacted by uh, the Penny Arcade people and asked to throw together a panel so she's basically throwing together an X one up panel and that's going to be Friday from 2 to 3.30pm at the Pegasus Theater and basically it was just like everybody who like has ever worked at one up you know post or, or post or prior the one apocalypse and everything um, everybody's just going to go there and I have no idea what it's going to be I think it's going to be totally impromptu it's probably just going to be a lot of people getting drunk in the room for an hour and a half but you know come on by we're all going to be there at least all the area 5 guys are going to be there and that'll be really cool I would like to go by you should come by I'm, I'm not go going to I have a portal packs. to appointment at 1 o'clock <laughs> Well, this isn't till two. This is from two to three thirty, so that's plenty of time. No nah. excuses. Fuck. Even if you weren't X one up, you're you're you're. No, you're, I just want to go see my friends, friends have of fun. X one up. I like yeah. seeing my friends have fun. A couple other things is that all the area five guys are going to be walking around with T-shirts that we'll be selling out of our backpacks. Really? Yeah. Can I buy one of those so, before packs? Uh, you can probably have one for free. No, we buy. Okay, you can have. You can buy them. We support. Yeah, you can support area. How much five. are your t-shirts, Matt? I'm just gonna charge twenty bucks, straight up twenty bucks. And what are your colors? Green with a white with white logo on the front. That's I don't want get. one of your fucking t-shirts. Then. <laughs> are there? Are there only wears black? I know that's not true. I wear blue and gray as well. Blue and gray. <laughs> I figured you didn't want it because the Rebel FM t-shirts were green last year. They were. Um, 
I'm sure they were a much cooler shade of green than your t-shirts are this year. <laughs> our green is the American Peril grass color. Oh, motherfucker, so you stole exact. our green. <laughs> it's the same We exact. didn't steal your green. It's you the, stole our green. It's the only green that the t-shirt shop had that wasn't bullshit. like awful green. Not bullshit. Well, bullshit. Regardless, so, anyway, you can buy them. You can buy them. So I will not be at the Area 5 meetup. That's up. a great shade. It is a very great and shade. And it goes with lots of shirts. So you know the only I, problem with that shade is that it's a bitch for it to be reproduced on a web page. Yeah, yeah. that's true, too. Um, so find an Area 5 guy. And how many like do you guys think you have? Uh, we have over 100 total. See, that's still that's some limited shit. That is limited. <laughs> find them fast. Yeah, they, are, are they, are, they are kind of limited. They, they were done that way on purpose. In fact, yep. they, they have the old co-op uh, tree logo, which we started using when we did co-op live, which was actually the original logo, which we really liked, but that Revision 3 rejected. So well, you got... Fuck those guys. You got to... You got to find them fast. Yep. And then uh, we also kind of did a thing with our business cards. So there's five of us now. We just added a new They're person. Like Voltron. Rick Rick Kernut is now a new member of the Area 5 team. And uh, he won't be at PAX. He's got some family stuff that he's dealing with back east, but we'll be having his card with us. But anyway, all of our cards come together and form the Area 5 logo if you use the design on the back, but you have to get all five of the cards. We just thought that might be fun for people to try to find all of us. And, like, we'll all... The four of us that will be there will each be carrying around, like, little... uh, um, a, a short stack of Rick's cards too <laughs> since he won't be there to hand them out in person so people won't like only have four and not be able to complete the set. They won't be missing the green line. Yeah, exactly. And then finally, EGM is supposedly going to have a bunch of magazines at the show and though, and we're going to meet up with them at some point and get some magazines so that we can pass out some EGMs to people too because the EGMs should have iPasses in them which allow you to basically see a month's worth of content on egmnow.com, and that's where all of our videos are these days. Hmm. So, anyway, so find us on the show floor. We shouldn't forget that we are also on the GameSpy debriefings. That's on Sunday. That's on Sunday? Which is Sunday at 10.30 in the goddamn morning. (laughs) And the only reason I'm on that is because Brian Altano is a lazy fuckhead (laughs) that will not drag himself up to Seattle. So I know that you don't want me up there, debriefings listeners, and I would prefer to be in the audience. <laughs> but that is not going to happen. <laughs> We're going to rock it. Nice. You guys will rock it. Um, and uh, nice. our panel is in the... I, did I say it was in the Raven Theater? Yeah. Raven Theater. You can find Raven us... Raven Theater, Raven Theater. Saturday can, Night Raven Theater. Mm-hmm. So remember, if you can't remember any of that, you can go to the PAX website and... It's paxsite.com. And just check out all the uh, the schedules. And, and if the, you see us, new, say hello. And the new Area5.tv version 2.0 will be going up tomorrow before we go to PAX, and I'll have a blog post there that has where the Area 5 people are going to be at. Snap. All right. Um, with that, you can find us on Twitter. Matt's at Talking Orange. Tyler is at Dirty Tea, like the drink. Anthony, myself, is at Chuff Money, and Arthur is at A E G I E S. Uh, you can send your letters to letters at eat sleep game dot com. Remember to subscribe to us on iTunes. Review us on iTunes. Tell your fucking friends. And read our reviews, previews, and ramblings on IGN dot com. And have a nice life. Kiss me bye. That would be shitty if three planes crashed. (laughs) (laughs) Three separate planes. (laughs) And then everyone survives except you.
At least I'll, I'm flying on Virgin, so at least I'll die happy. 